Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray and I remember Tracy Smothers, who just passed away at the age of 58, a mentor in the world of pro wrestling. We talked to Little Guido and Blue Meanie from ECW, who came on to share some moments and memories of Tracy Smothers' career. And speaking of moments, we also get into Halloween Havoc. That's right, NXT from last night as well. We do that all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Somebody that obviously worked with Tracy Smothers, was friends with Tracy Smothers, and is a friend of Busted Open, and that is Little Guido, who joins us here. How are you, sir? Sorry to hear about your loss, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. Good to talk to you, Dave and Bubba. And uh, besides my loss, I think it's the whole uh, wrestling business loss. And then uh, and then some. So, you know, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, you know, it kind of stinks. Um, ever since I found out he got diagnosed with cancer, you know, I w- I've been in touch with him. Um, you know, through that, through that about a year or so. And I actually supposed to do an autograph signing with him and Tommy Rich about two months ago or a month and a half ago up in the wrestling universe for Jack Sabbath. And, um, you know, at the last minute, uh, unfortunately he couldn't make it uh, for obvious reasons, I guess. And it was just me and Tommy. And the only thing I regret, honestly, is after he wasn't able to make it, I said to myself, I said, oh, wow, I said, I got to give him a call because I haven't spoke to him in a, in a couple months. And unfortunately for me, you know, as time goes on, I left, you know, left and with work and everything, I just got busy and, and I regret it now. And I, I never made that phone call. And of course, when you hear what happens now, now it affects me even more. I just wish I would have reached out one more time at least, you know. Guido, when you were talking to him over the past year or so. How were his spirits? What were conversations uh, with Tracy like? I'll tell you, he was always very positive. I, I, I was shocked. Like, he was positive. He's like, you know, he always says, you know, I'm going to beat this. He's talking about he's getting into his chemo. And he's saying, you know, he would just, he's like, I'm losing weight. This is great. That's the last thing you want. You would think he's worried about losing weight. You know, he's like, you know, I'm getting into shape. I'm feeling good. So he was positive. So it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing when you talk to him and he's just kind of like down and, and making you feel bad. You know, it's just like, you know, I don't think he wanted, even if he wasn't doing good, I don't think he's the type of guy that wants you to think he's not doing good. He has a lot of pride in himself. You know, uh, even if he didn't feel good, he probably would just try to convince everybody that he's doing great and feeling great. And I actually thought he was doing a lot better. I didn't realize that that, you know, I know we took his chemo and everything, and when I heard we were on this autograph signing, you know, I thought we were in, in a real positive way a couple of months ago. Until, right, like a couple of days before, Jack called me. He says, all right, Tracy's not going to be able to make it. And then I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe something took a turn because I haven't talked to him then in a couple of months. But honestly, very, very positive. He was very positive to me, talking to me anyway. 
Guido, for some of our fans listening this morning uh, that might not be familiar with Tracy Smothers, can you speak to what kind of man he was, what kind of performer he was, how you felt working with him, and just the overall vibe that people got when they were around Tracy Smothers? You know, obviously I first met Tracy when he came to ECW. Of course, I knew of him and who he was because he wrestled as Freddie Joe Floyd, and he wrestled in in, uh, the Wildlife Southern Boys in WCW. I was a mark. So I I knew who he was but never met him, you know. But uh, when he came to ECW, he he was a pleasure. Like, he made everybody feel comfortable. He always wanted to help everybody. You know, he had a job before the shows, and at first it wasn't a job, and obviously Bubba knows this. He used to just get in the ring. And guys used to just come listen to him. And he used to work out with the guys and train with the guys. He didn't start that. Paulie didn't go to him and say, hey, listen, I'm going to pay you. I want you to train the guys. He created that job for himself. He would get to the shows early. He would get in the ring himself. And then all the young guys like myself, like I was already in the business for, you know, for probably four or five years. But still to him, I was still a younger guy, you know. So I would get in the ring in the beginning too and, and listen to him. So he did that on his own. Then after ECW started Started doing good, I guess. Uh, Paulie actually offered him whatever he offered him a few bucks to actually train the guys. So it wasn't like he's doing it for the money. He created a job himself. He got in there because he wanted to help the younger guys. He wanted everybody to do better, you know. And then it actually paid off for him after a little while because then he started actually getting paid for it. So you know, and when he came to ECW, you know, he he was always always happy. I think he was one. I think he was happy to be out of WWE. You know, I think he, you know, he, he would tell me some stories from there. And he was happy to be in a locker room where at that time in WWE, I guess, I mean, I didn't know how it was at the time and how it was later on in life, obviously. But um, I guess um, I was always used to the ECW dressing room and there was no politics. Everybody loved each other. Everybody hung out, you know, and, you know, I think he was happy to see that atmosphere and to see a bunch of young guys that wanted to make it. And he tried to help everybody. It's it's funny as you're talking, you know, you're kind of reflecting everything that Bully had said at the beginning of the show today. And the one thing he mentioned was the, you know, quote unquote family atmosphere uh, that ECW had. And a big reason was it was because of Tracy Smothers. I think he I guess he was just that type of a guy that wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same page and everybody was getting along. Yeah, he just he wanted everybody to be better. You want know, everybody better, and and you know me personally, I was just lucky enough that you know he he came there. I'm not saying it's because of me, but everything happens for a reason. You know, J T. Smith. The reason why I became partners him, J T. Smith actually quit. You know, J T. Smith was the original FBI member. Everybody always thinks I am just for the you know he was the original FBI member. Everybody because I had a lot of partners through the years. Uh, but let's talk about Tracy. And then when he left, you know, then Wildfire, Tommy Rich came, and then Tracy came. And I really didn't have a, a spot once Tracy left. You know, if it wasn't for Tommy and Tracy, you know, that gave me life. That put me in a stable. It gave me something. Because me by myself at that time, I had no credibility or anything. And and having Tracy there and, and just being in the ring with those guys. Like, me and Bubba actually... You know, we basically almost started together in the early 90s, 91 or whatever. Back then, no, he was getting trained by Johnny Rods. We still learned by old school guys. I had Gino Caruso. I had Ma- Mike Matches, like Kodiak Bear, Fazio. So we did learn old school wrestling. You know, the, the you know, Babyface shines in the beginning, get some heat on the guy, throw a couple of hope spots. Babyface makes a big comeback, go home, put a twist in the go home, whatever. We knew that style. 
Um, then we went to ECW. You know, l- working with Tracy from down south just put a polish on me for that. You know, I so some guys get into business and they, they just learn all the flips and all that stuff. They don't understand psychology. I think I had some of that because of the guys I was trained by. You know, I had psychology, but I just needed a polish. And thank God for Tracy and Tommy. They gave me that polish. And other people, by watching their matches, gave them that polish. And we were all younger guys at that time. And, you know, even with, with Taz and Dreamer and everybody that was there, you know, I think he just, he just, he just helped everybody without even trying sometimes. You know, without even trying, just just watching him and stuff. And, you know, he was a pleasure to be around. Guido, do you remember uh, who came to you with the FBI gimmick? And do you remember the first time you ever sat down with Tracy and Tommy Rich? And, you know, what was the vibe like? And, and how how much fun was it for you as a as a New York, New Jersey Italian to try to teach these veteran Southern guys how to be one of us. Right. But that was the best part about the gimmick. That's why it started as a comedy stable. Now that's how it all started. Now, if you're asking me how, who approached me, uh, if we just backtrack a little bit, I know we don't have that much time. We got a lot of other guests going. Um, when I first came there, you know, JT Smith, like I said, was doing the FBI gimmick. So through the, as I was doing shows as Damian Stone, Paulie wasn't putting me on TV. He Paulie would always come up to me like, "Oh, you remind me of a Joe Pesci type of guy, like, like small but like a fire plug, uh, you know, hungry." He's like, "I'm gonna call you Little Guido. You're gonna be Little Guido." But he said that to me for months. He said, "All of a sudden, one time in Lost Battalion Hall, um, I just showed up there, of course, never knew anything before you got there." And uh, he said, "You're gonna be J.T. Smith's cousin." And we debuted versus you and Devon debuted and beat the shit out of us with chairs. It was a TV tape. I just watched that not too long ago. But um, thanks for that introduction. That was great, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but that's how that he was the first one to. Um, so it was Paulie, and then J.T. Smith quit. You know, and I kind of was a little nervous. And, and Tommy Rich came in then, and then I remember. I think it was Dreamer. I think Dreamer said we're, we're going to. Uh, Paulie's thinking about putting you with Tracy and Tommy. You guys are going to be the FBI, and he's like the gimmick's going to live on with obviously J.T. Smith was an FBI member. You know, obviously, these guys are from down south. These guys were going to do a lot of promos and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, great. That sounds good. You know, I was happy to. And I didn't know Tracy and Tommy at the time. I was just kind of like meeting them. So, you know, and, and it gave me a lot of TV time. It gave me a lot of chances to learn and, and learn from, from some of the best. Here's a guy, Tommy Rich, who freaking won the title from Harley Race. I don't care if it was eight days or two years. He still beat him for the, for the title. You know, so um, so I know I was very excited and it was a chance. This is the first time for me that I was actually able to get on TV. So, you know, it was it was great. I mean, there's nothing else. And, and who can you learn better from than was Tracy. And again, I knew who he was before. I just never got a chance to meet him. It's it's as you're talking. And I think, you know, a lot of memories are going through our heads, especially like even fans. I remember going like to St. Gennaro Festival and buying like bootleg FBI full-blooded Italian t-shirts and with Tommy Rich. It's like ridiculous to even talk about it with Tommy Wildfire Rich picture on the shirt. But like, it, it's something that, you know, that people remember will remember it, it stands the test of time. And it's something that was like you said, started off as kind of like a joke as like a, like a funny gimmick. You know, people are talking about 25 years later. Yeah, you know, I actually didn't realize, and unfortunately, since Tracy passed in the last day, just seeing some of the comments on Twitter about the FBI and what it meant to people and stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, it always takes something horrible to happen for things like that to come out. 
you know, like a lot of, a lot of like a lot of other stables. And I'm not just saying this, like the Dudleys. You know, I'm, I use him because Bubba's there. They're, they're Hall of Famers and and other groups that were on top. So we already know who they are. We already know they did great things in the business. Nobody really talked about the FBI. You know, we we were a comedy stable, mid card guys, but had jobs. We, we were better known as utility men, and sometimes utility men have a long stay. You know, and and so. You know, we unfortunately it takes a terrible thing like this for people to put over how much the FBI meant to them. You know, and and just by the last day and a half, you know, I see how much Tracy meant to everybody in the world. You know, it's just crazy the way people are pouring out. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people that pass away every few months. And it seems like uh, I didn't see anything bad about Tracy's mothers out there. So it just shows that he made a mark on all the independents, too. You know, in Cleveland from John Thorne, all over the world. You know, it's just it's just great. You know, unfortunately, it takes a terrible thing to hear those things. Well, little Guido, I, I really appreciate the time. We got to get you back on again under under better circumstances. But we we truly appreciate you coming on, sharing some moments and memories. And like Bully said earlier, go to the, go to the WWE Network and go watch some old ECW and watch some of the FBI matches and moments. And and I truly appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Good talking to you. Thanks, Guido. Take care, brother. Thanks, brother. Bye. Really good stuff. Um, it, it, little Guido is somebody we have to get on the show again. But just sharing those stories and. Like, in the moment, you don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but Bully, like, you know, again, 25 years later, people are still talking about it. It's it's interesting this morning. Little Guido, part of the FBI, and now we're going to have on Meanie, part of the BWO. Yeah. These two acts, these two stables, I mean, we don't really talk about them today, but go back and watch them and watch how entertaining they were. Look at the, some of the unique things that they did. It was impossible not to be entertained by this stuff. And then they all could get in the ring and wrestle. I mean, especially Guido. Dude, the guy we just had on the phone, legit shooter. Tie you into a pretzel. That little bastard was so good on the mat, so accomplished. There was a a company called UWFI, I believe, in Japan. And you needed to know what the hell you were doing or you were going to get your face caved in over there. And Guido worked over there. So Guido's as legit as it got on the mat. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession from olympic coaches to super bowl champions and everyone in between new episodes out every wednesday on the sirius xm app pandora and apple Podcasts. another friend of the show blue meanie who joins us here on busted open good morning sir how are you hey guys uh thanks for having me on i wish i wish it was on under uh, better circumstances but uh you know i just want to share with the world how much uh you know, a guy like Tracy's mother's meant to me personally, professionally, and to uh, the business as a as a whole. You know, he was the he was the unsung hero of ECW. Um, there's a lot of young guys in that locker room, uh, myself included, who uh, owe a great 
that of their success to Tracy's mothers. I was listening to uh, Guido a little bit before I came on, and everything he said was true. I mean, um, Tracy ran his own like mini dojo before the shows, and you know, I I got into ECW. I was only a year and a half into the business, and I was still so green and inexperienced. And thank God, you know, for Tracy Smothers because uh, you know after <clears throat> after uh, you know Raven and Steven went to WCW, me and Nova kind of were in limbo. And it was that time of working out with Tracy Smothers that you know uh, Nova and I started wrestling with you know Guido and Tracy Smothers and um, breathed new life into my. Me and Nova's careers. He was uh, Tracy Smothers was like a wrestling dad to us, and uh, I, I probably wouldn't be on here talking to you guys if it wasn't for the the help and guidance of Tracy Smothers. Um, were you able to keep in contact at all with with Tracy the last few years? Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, thank, thankfully for social media. You know, we're, uh, fr- we were friends on Facebook, but uh, last time I saw him in person was um, Russell Cade uh, last year in North Carolina, and uh, you could just tell he was uh, he was he was he was in in bad shape. But uh, like Guido said, you know, Tracy liked to know self and stuff. He uh, he wouldn't put it over, you know, how uh, his situation was, and uh, when I, I left that trip. Uh, you know, I drove down to North Carolina that weekend, and after I saw Tracy, I reached out to all the boys from ECW, and I said, hey, uh, please give Tracy a call. You know, give him a, you know, hey, what's up? Because it, it was, uh, excuse me, it was uh, it was sad to see a guy who, you know, I, I thought was the toughest man in the world. You know, he was fearless. You know, the guy wrestled the bear, you know, he was the most laid back guy. But like if any of us were in trouble, he was the first guy. On, he was on the front lines to defend us. You know, uh, <laughs> there's this story of uh, the, the riot in uh, Plymouth meeting, our first and last show at the National Guard Army on Mischief Night uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, the Dudleys, gangsters, <laughs> eliminators. And Balls and Axel got into a brawl with these local college kids, and Tracy was the first one out the locker room, out of the shower, in a towel with soap still in his eyes. And uh, Tracy was shadow boxing with a couple uh, canine, SWAT canines. They like the SWAT team showed up, and Tracy's out there with his towel, shadow boxing these dogs. And Tommy Dreamer's like, Tracy, no. He's like, <laughs> you know, Tommy's trying to fuse, and he's like. Tracy, you know, talks through his teeth. He goes, I'll take the dogs, man. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, dude, he was, he was such a spark plug. He, he, he's so laid back in the locker room. You know, I, 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 was, I have so many memories floating through my head. Like, he would just walk through the locker room, do some little Tracy's mother stance going, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, man. Why do I hate you? Why do I hate you, meanie? Why can't we be friends? Well, you changed, man. You changed, man. What's your deal, man? Why do I hate you? You know, a random memory of me and him be circling in the ring about to lock up. He would point to a random stranger in the crowd goes, man, there's your family, man. There's your family. And you're trying to stay in character in, in, for this match, and you're just like, oh, my God. You know, the, the, the six months to a year I got to work with Tracy was uh, – it was it was – it was a night, like this, we say in the wrestling business, it was a night off, but I, I learned so much from him. 
learned so much from him. I was a fan before before I met him. Uh, the first time I ever met him was in uh, '94 in Indianapolis, Indiana. I wasn't even the Blue Mania. It was six months into the business, and he would watch the matches. Him and Ricky Morton were on those shows, and he'd pull pull guys aside his back then and go, "Hey, man, you're a big boy. You're you're big like Terry Gordy, man." You're big like Terry Gordy, man. Here's what you got to do. And he would tell you, I'd pull you aside and just do all these little, teach little things. So when we got to ECW and I saw him walk in the locker room, I was like, oh, my God. Thank God you're here. You know, just he was always there for the business. He gave more to the business that the business gave back to him. Uh, He was so selfless. And, uh, you know, he he cared, man. You see all the eulogy, all the, you know, the well wishes and thoughts coming in. And uh, there's not one person that has a bad word to say about Tracy Smothers, man. I love him to death. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, this one hurts. This one hurts. Meanie, Meanie, did you ever spend any time in a car with Tracy on the road? Get the you know, listen to some stories. <laughs> yeah, just like I said, you you would circle. <laughs> You would circle like in the ring, you'd point to the you know random person crowd. Hey man, there's your family. Or you'd be in the car with them driving, like, and you point to a field of cows and go, Hey, man, man, there's your family, man. Why, why do I hate you? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just, it just, I, I, I never spent too much time in the car with him, but I spent a lot of time on on shows with him, whether in the states or overseas in England, because uh, I mean, because of the ECW feud, we were married together. Uh, you know, wherever we went, you know, people would book BWO FBI on the Indies, overseas, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, we're like a band of brothers, you know, like the movie show, ECW was like that, that HBO docu, the documentary show, or not show, but show, uh, band of brothers. We all went through something together and, uh, it, uh, I look at you, Bubba, and I look at, you know, Tracy, and I look at everybody who you know walked in that locker room as a family member. Uh, these guys did more for me than some of my actual family members. So, um, you know, I, I see Tracy, and uh, I, I just I'm, I'm very thankful for the time uh, we uh, built blood together and, and got to wrestle with each other and learn from each other. But uh, last time I talked to him, um, it was. Uh, you know, on Facebook, you know, just trying to, you know, he, he would give updates and stuff like that. And he's just trying to give him a, a little pep talk and, you know, you know, Hey man, I love you. I, I, I ended every, every, every conversation with man, I love you. Keep fighting, keep fighting. No sell it, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, this one really hurts. It, it's, it's yeah. 2020, 2020 has been horrible, but this is probably the worst of 2020 for me personally, you know? Oh, I, I know it's tough, but I really appreciate you taking the time out, coming on the air to join us and, and sharing some memories. And again, even in this tough time to put a smile on people's faces with some of these stories. And uh, I'm sure oh, he man. would have loved that. So uh, thank you so much uh, for, for hopping on the show today. Hey, I love you guys. I love your show. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity for let me to, for, to let me tell the world how special Tracy Smothers was. And uh, if you, if you, if you get a chance, go on to uh, WWE network, uh, great American match, 1990, uh, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong against the midnight express, probably one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. So let's celebrate Tracy Smothers 
And uh, thank you guys for having me on. I love you guys. And we got to get you on again because I know we, w- we want to promote your podcast and do it right. So we're, we're definitely going to get yeah. you on sooner rather than later. So uh, appreciate the time this morning. Uh, thank you. I love you guys. Thanks, Manny. Love you, man. Thank you. I, it, it's 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 um it t- it tells you what type of a man Tracy Smother was when you you say it little Guido says it Blue Meanie says it and, you know no one had a bad word to say about him he was a mentor to so many people and I'm glad and, and you know what boy I'm glad that we uh, took the time out to start the show this morning to remember Tracy Smothers because it's not a name that a lot of wrestling fans it's it's it maybe there's probably a lot of fans that are listening to the show right now that never heard of Tracy Smothers so I'm glad that we're able to to not only educate but but also tell our fans how important this man was to the history of pro wrestling uh Tracy deserves it um just for being a a great man a nice man a respectable man a professional man <clears throat> one of the things that Guido said that just it resonates with me so much because this is how I truly feel is kind of blowing off that last phone call or not making that last phone call and then having something like, you know, Tracy passing away happen. So I always say, if, you know, if you got a problem with somebody and the problem's really not that bad, just pick up the phone and call. You're not the weak one or you're not, <clears throat> you're not the lesser man or woman for picking up the phone first. You're actually the better person for doing it. As Mark always says, send flowers, you know, to people that are alive, not dead. You see that call come in and, you know, you look at the caller ID and you're like, ah, I don't want to talk to that person right now. Well, that might have been the last time you would have gotten to talk to that person. And when little Guido talks about the word regret, regret is one of the worst things you can carry around with you in your heart and soul for the rest of your life. Guido's last one of Guido's last thoughts about you know, Tracy Smothers now will be, ah, man, I wish I would have made that phone call. As opposed to the last thing I said to Tracy was, I love you, brother, see you down the road. You know, when my dad passed away unexpectedly, uh, I was very at peace with myself because the last thing I said to my dad was, love you, dad. So it, it helps you have a little bit of peace and closure in your heart when you know you left off with somebody the right way. So don't blow the call off. Now, LaGreca, if you call me later and I see your name in the caller ID, I will most likely send you to voicemail. Probably, but you know what? You'll you'll talk to me on Monday, so it won't make much of a, it won't make much of a difference anyway. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. But I'm with you, and I actually tweeted it last night, Bully. Damian Priest is a star. There's no doubt. And before we get into the match just a little bit, and there's really not a lot to say other than the match was really good and these guys performed well and it was hella entertaining. After NXT was over last night, the first thing that came to mind was this. If you ever wonder why me and Dave are so harsh and hard on Monday Night Raw, watch NXT from last night. And then you'll know. How do you have... The, the third brand, 
pulling out shows like last night and last week also because NXT yep. was really good last week also. They're putting on these events. And we're slagging through three hours on Raw. Now, I'm not spending the whole day talking about Raw but by, any, by any means. But this is our point. Like, if I can show you visually why sometimes we have to bash, for lack of a better reason, Raw, it's because of what we got last night. Man was last night a fun watch. Man was last night an easy watch. We got all the same. This is all under the umbrella of WWE. How come we can't get, you know, stories and matches and this and that, like, like that on Mondays? Anyway. No, but, but to, to go back to that point, we'll, get to, we'll go to the beginning of the show, and that is Halloween Havoc. Like you said, like I, I mentioned earlier, the WWE has a lot of these steam shows. We see it on Monday Night Raw all the time with you know Halloween or, or Thanksgiving or Christmas where there's some kind of like Thanksgiving turkey match where you know for the next 12 minutes you're going to see mashed potatoes and gravy thrown all over the place. And, and if you're watching with a loved one, you feel embarrassed because it's like so awkward and unfunny and just terrible TV. Well, man, some like you said, some of what we saw last night was hokey, but they did it in such an entertaining way that it does it. It's not a distraction. It's not an embarrassment. And I thought really good job by the WWE keeping it NXT like, but still having that Halloween havoc feel to it. The Halloween special effects, the smog, the decorations, you know. Tasteful but not gaudy is the best way I could describe it. And it, it worked really well. And you got that right off the bat. And again, what a great job having Shotzi Blackheart as the host of last night. Shotzi did a phenomenal job. And I think that was, uh, to me, a standout moment for her in XT. Forget about the matches. She didn't have a match last night, but she was entertaining and being the hostess uh, of the evening. You know, the mistress of the dark, like Elvira was, you know, the queen of the wheel. Shotzi did a phenomenal job. Um, I saw with regards to the to Halloween Havoc and the name of that pay-per-view, I saw somebody on social media go, how desperate must the WWE be right now to have to rely on an old WCW, you know, pay-per-view name? Well, bottom feeder, they're not desperate. They're smart. They own all the rights to everything that ever happened in WCW. So why not break out a successful title like Halloween Havoc, a successful pay-per-view title like Halloween Havoc right around Halloween? That's what I would do. That's just smart business. So not only do they use the right name of a pay-per-view at the right time of the year, they give us a pay-per-view that, man, I got to tell you, that Halloween Havoc last night was as good as any Halloween Havoc I ever saw in WCW minus Halloween Havoc 89. Yes, and you know what? Bully, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago when they first announced they were going to have a Halloween Havoc. As as many good memories and good shows we've seen from WCW when it came to Halloween Havoc, we saw just as many, if not more, bad, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's been some awful matches and some awful shows when it comes to Halloween Havoc. So as as much as you want to say, oh, they're bringing back something nostalgic that brings back good memories. Well, first of all, so what? I mean, that's what pro wrestling is supposed to be. And B, they're also taking a chance because there is just as many bad as good. And I thought they put their own spin on it. And like you said, since they own it, well, hell, they might as well use it. Like it's a no-brainer. It, it, it makes perfect sense, and they did the title justice. 
Last night was a fun Halloween show with lots and lots of havoc, especially in that opening match with, uh, with Gargano cracking a tombstone over Priest's head and then him falling through a mausoleum or a crypt or whatever the hell it was. And now we Johnny have a the, new... Johnny, the new North American champion. Yes. I don't know what that means in NXT because I don't know what the difference between the North American belt and the NXT championship is, but whatever. Hopefully, now we can we can get Priest on a NXT championship run because I think he's there. Yeah, I know a lot of people speculating was did they take the title off of Damian Priest so soon because they may have him earmarked to go to the main roster. I'm Ugh. hoping Ugh. I'm hoping bully that that's not the case. I'm hoping that like what you said now it's time for him to have a run at the NXT championship now that he's got the north because I was a little surprised by the title change cuz they have really done a lot over the last month to really put a spotlight on Damian Priest. I hope it's not just to have sent him to the main roster. Well, I hope not. Looking what's going on with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, I, I would hate to see what the hell would happen to Priest unless Vince loves him. Yeah. And, and if- Priest's look is up Vince's alley. Well, so, we talked maybe. about we talked about we talked about this when he first left Ring of Honor. I remember you mentioning when he first left Ring of Honor, his look, his persona has got Vince McMahon written all over it. So, you know, maybe you know somebody maybe somebody passed a picture of Damian Priest to Vince McMahon, and then he's like, "Wait, we got this. This guy's on. Who's this guy? Where is he from? Well, he, you know, you <laughs> go ahead, do it, do it, bully, do it." Uh, uh, um, excuse me, Vince. Um, uh, there's this guy in NXT. His name is Damien Priest. He's really tall. Uh, he has long, flowing black hair, and he does uh, some good flippy stuff. We think you might like. My God, look at him. He's beautiful. That's what a man should look like. Call him up. I'll find a way to bury him. <laughs> yeah, let's let's please hope that that doesn't happen. All right, well, all right, let's go, Vince. We're, we're, I know you're listening right now. I'm only yeah, kidding right. around with you, buddy. Talk, I'm only 40 yeah, minutes right. away. I'll talk to you later. There's 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 no way. As soon as he saw that the the title of the show is busted open, he turned it off and is probably listening. That name is so it. crass. <laughs> That's old school wrestling. Oh, Vince lucked out. He got Devon. You got me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, come back to me in six months. So let's have a progress report about that decision. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, your fucking your, your fucking shoulders are still aching. Um, bully. Uh, then- <laughs> yes, David. Yes, yes, balls. Get me that a back. Rare steak. <laughs> What about what about Pat? We we love him. He does uh, such a great job. Pat was on fire last night. Yeah, McAfee was we awesome. got Pat McAfee. Long, long, long we, yes. promo too. Yeah, they gave him a lot of mic time. He shows up with Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, who are your new NXT tag team champions, bully. And like you just said, they gave the microphone to Pat McAfee, and man, did Pat McAfee kill it on the mic last night. He brought everything full circle, told a good story, hit some great points. 
was very comfortable on the microphone. Hey, Pat's got his own show. Um, I, I was w- watching the show last night with my eight-year-old nephew, and he turns to me about two minutes, three minutes in, uh, and he goes, I hope this guy gets beat up. And I was like, that's a good sign. Because if an eight-year-old is getting irritated by what Pat McAfee, the kicker guy, the former kicker guy, used to say, you know, uh, th- that's getting good heat. So I thought Pat, Pat always does a good job, though. You know, he wouldn't have his own show, you know, if, if he wasn't a good speaker, a good storyteller, and a heat-seeking missile of a heel that I would personally like to punch in the face myself at times. And that's uh, what a great barometer you just mentioned. That, you know, you have somebody watching that's just like right away is like, I want to I want to beat the hell out of this guy. And I feel the same way. Pat McAfee's a friend. He's been on the show, bully. And I want to beat the shit out of him. And honestly, Kyle O'Reilly comes out. He comes out, reintroduces Pete Dunn. And we're like, oh, it's on because you got Pete Dunn and you got uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly going up against Oni Larkin and Birch. But no, 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 no. Pete Dunn gets the chair, attacks uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly in the Undisputed Era. There you go. That's how you turn it. Undisputed Era, the baby faces, and Team Pat McAfee are the heels. And we're going to see this much later on as well. Great job in that segment last night. Uh, with regard to Pete Dunn, Pete looked really great. He's op- he's obviously dropped uh, a couple of pounds, shredded up a little bit, um, looking good, tan. But why? What was wrong with Pete Dunn? Why? Because he had a couple of extra pounds on him? Who cares? This is the part of sometimes in the WWE that I don't like, where everybody has to look like the same. I felt like Pete Dunn looked like just another member of the Undisputed Era last night. Same size, almost same body type now. Skinny, leaned out, musculature. Why, why, why couldn't I get Pete Dunn the way he normally looks? Why he doesn't look like the bruiser weight anymore? The bruiser weight was like you know, like when I saw Pete Dunn, I thought of a Fit Finley. Fit Finley wasn't ripped, never was. Had had some meat on his bones. That good, that good stocky meat. That fire, that fire hydrant kind of meat. But Pete looks like everybody else now. That doesn't mean that Pete doesn't look awesome, and I'm sure he's going to do an awesome job in the ring. Pete, try not to wear boat shoes in the ring when you're beating the shit out of somebody. Okay, put on some boots. Okay, put on some shit kickers. Look look tough. Look the part. But yeah, Pete did a good job. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. What's next? What do we got? What's on tap? Well, we had uh, Escobar uh, defend the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And then, really quick, that was just a quick matchup. I thought it was very well done. But then we got to the Haunted House of Horror match between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. This was definitely hokey. This was definitely unrealistic. You just skipped over a match. No, I didn't. Did I? Yeah. That was later in the show. No, that was in two parts. 
Didn't wasn't uh, Gonzalez versus Ripley before that? In between part one and part two. Oh, okay, okay, I understand what you're saying. But we had part one, and what did you think? Oh, let's 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 bang it out the whole match. What did you think of the uh, Haunted House of Horrors match? I really thought it was entertaining. This is like one of the things you were talking about at the top of the show about there was a couple of hokey things on NXT last night. Who cares? AEW does hokey all the time. And if NXT wants to give me a little hokey, at least they gave me an entertaining wrestling match in the middle of the hokiness. I enjoyed it. There wasn't anything on NXT last night that I did not enjoy. And for you know what? With a show like this, you're expecting something like that. But at the end of the day, just like with MJF and Chris Jericho, if you're going to do it, you got to do it and make sure it's entertaining. And that was definitely entertaining last night. Grimes is becoming a star. I know you always talk about how I said this months ago. There's something there. I saw that it factor in, in Grimes a long time ago. He Last night, the interaction with him and Regal, he popped Regal. Regal almost came out yeah. of character because Grimes is so – he plays that little scared like like – Cameron Grimes should talk like this. He should be one of those guys. That's how scared he is. You know, uh, he's doing such a phenomenal job with that, everything that's handed to him. You know, the Dexter Loomis character, I know, is not for everybody. It's kind of an odd, ca- uh, uh, you know, odd character to play. But I think Sam Shaw is doing a phenomenal job with it. I, I, I really do. Yeah. I know I sound like a little bit of a broken record this morning, but listen, when you do well, I put you over. When you're the shits, I bury you. And last night, NXT was a fun, entertaining show. All of the performers did an incredible job. The production team, the writing team, all of them. I, I popped when Cameron Grimes wound up on Bad Street. And here comes Michael Hay. I mean, that oh came out of nowhere. God. Thermonuclear <laughs> pop. To see Michael Hayes at 126 years old come rolling out of that van like Jeff Spicoli dressed up as the great pumpkin was absolutely and then start singing Bad Street oh come on god come on amazing take my money amazing 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 then we go from that and to to put Michael Hayes over to put Michael Hayes over a little bit now listen not only part of one of the greatest factions that ever existed in the world of pro wrestling the fabulous Freebirds. Not only one of the best stick men, one, not only one of the best heat-seeking missiles, one of the best producers WWE has on their team. Michael Hayes is a very smart, smart man and always enjoyed working with him. He was the agent of the producer of the uh, first ever triangle ladder match, ladder match and TLC 1 and 2, along with Dr. Tom Pritchard. So had to put him over a little bit. And you know what? When he was in the ring, he wasn't a great technical wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. Fair couldn't, at best. Couldn't do a lot in the ring, but he's a Hall of Famer, and he was must-watch. And usually when the Sportatorium or the Reunion Arena was sold out, it was because of Michael Hayes. So Michael you know was what? the talker, Terry was the worker, and, and, and uh, Buddy was the jobber. Yep. And they all and I use the word jobber in a very as high praise because somebody in that group had to lay down and Buddy laying down for them was the smartest move. It's not going to be Bam Bam. We're not taking away the big man's uh, steam. It's not going to be uh, Michael. We're not taking away the talker's steam. So it was a way for the Freebirds to lose with never really losing. Yep, a hundred percent. Then you talk about work. Let's get into what I thought was the match of the night from both shows, Bully, and that's 
Gonzalez and Ripley. I, man, that match to me was unlike any other women's match I have ever seen. You talk about physical. That was the most physical matchup of uh, of the entire night. And I thought just a great show from both those wrestlers. And you want to talk about stars? We knew Rhea Ripley was a star. But Gonzalez, to me, is definitely a star after last night. Man, the clotheslines that Gonzalez was throwing on Rhea Ripley... Man, she could she could probably teach a class on how to throw clotheslines. Because you mentioned last week, Bully, about how making everything mean something. Clotheslines have become one of those throwaways in matches that doesn't really mean it. It just leads to another maneuver. Gonzalez was throwing them, and, and you saw the expression on the, on the face, the physicality behind it. I thought a wonderful job between those two last night. Did you see the movie Wonder Woman, the one that recently came out the past couple of years? Unfortunately, I did not. Okay, anyway, there's the opening scene in Wonder Woman where you see all of the the women who are, I don't know if it's called Amazonia, or these Amazonian women, is they're, they're fighting each other, these gladiators. That's what Ripley and uh, Gonzalez reminded me of last night. Gladiators from the movie Wonder Woman. These women were physical. Now, I've come to expect this from Rhea Ripley because I've been singing her praise for a long time. But man, did Gonzalez step up to the plate. She might not have a lot of moves in her yeah. repertoire, but you don't need moves in your repertoire when you're bringing it like she brought it last night with that physicality, with that intensity, with that intent. I felt like I was watching a fight between two women of impressive stature. And Triple H, uh, you know, last night in the old Twitter machine, he said, Rhea Ripley and Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez show an entirely different side to the WWE uh, NXT women's division. That could have been the most physical fight we've seen in any division on any brand. I'll tell you what, Dave, I walked away from that match last night enjoying it as much as I enjoyed Sasha and Bailey in the cell from this past Sunday. I agree with you. Uh, you know, I might, I, I might, outside of the story that uh, Roman Reigns was able to, to, to tell, outside of that, the match that I saw between those two was the match of the week so far. Seriously. I mean, that's how good. And I was very, very surprised. And, you know, after the break, we'll get into the main event, you know, with Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. I thought that that match was much better than what we saw in the main event from last night. And I was very, very surprised that it didn't really get a lot of love on social media. Now, I'm, I, I, I don't mean to make that the measuring stick. But, you know, when you're watching a show live, that's the only way to gauge a lot. I was very surprised not a lot of people talked. People were gaga over the main event. I thought what we saw, I saw between those two was 10 times better than what I saw in the main event last night. That's because the main event had a bunch of props and big bumps in it. That's the only reason. There were chairs and ladders and, and, and tables, you know, and stairs. You know, that's why. Oh, oh my God! Candace fell off the top of the ladder through the uh, through the other ladders. Oh, it's the best match. No, not even close. Yep, I agree with you. Gonzalez and Ripley blew Shirai and Larray out of the water, and Shirai and Larray was a good match. It was definitely a good match, but I don't. I, again, like, I, and maybe it's li listening to you, bully. Maybe it's a lot of the shows and the, and the conversations we have with the nation. Even some of the things that Mark Henry has said lately here on Busted Open. 
And especially after watching Hell in a Cell, when you're you're experiencing a story taking place in the ring. When you use a lot of the props, and we saw a lot of props, which is fine. When you use a lot of them throughout the show, by the time you get to the main event, you've seen so many kendo sticks and tables and everything else. It ceases to mean a lot when you get to the main event and you're using them in the main event. So you got to be very, very careful when it comes to that. We saw it in the opening contest with Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. If you're going to go that route and so over the top in the beginning, you can't do that again at the end. And this is why I'm glad that Gonzalez and Ripley kept it in the ring. It was all, They didn't need any props. I, I don't think they used anything, right? If, if memory serves me correct. Or did they? No, no, nothing, nothing like that. It was nothing, right? No, it was the physicality Fine. in the ring. Their, their their weapons were their fists and their kicks and their and all of the physicality. Gonzalez, in my in my estimation, took a lot of steps forward last night. You know, Dave, I don't know if you heard this. This could be completely untrue. This is a loose rumor at best. Don't even know where I where I heard it. Some of the people or the higher ups on the main roster weren't as impressed with Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte as maybe others were? Yeah, I mean, I I read those same things. Again, those were kind of like dirt sheet rumors. I'm not saying, I'm not putting all, but there were out there that they, you know, they gave the opportunity and she didn't knock it out of the park, which I thought was ridiculous. Oh, shit. Which I thought was ridiculous because if anybody knocked it out of the park, outside of the cinematic match with Undertaker and AJ, the best match out of both nights at WrestleMania 36 was Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, without a doubt. Rhea Ripley is the goods. She looks different than every other woman there. Her size is impressive. Her physicality is impressive. Her look is impressive. I mean, from from top to bottom, I, I'm a mark for the look because I'm a mark for the character. Like that uh, that uh, that uh, Mad Max Fury Road Thunder Rosa, not Thunder Rosa. What was her name? Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. No, Furiosa was the name of the the character. That that look and that vibe and that feel. Like to me. The sky is the limit for for Rhea Ripley. I almost think I'm hoping that they're holding Rhea back because she's so much better than just about every woman there. I don't I don't want to see Rhea Ripley on the main roster now. I mean, I probably have more confidence about a Rhea Ripley and and the women's wrestler coming from NXT to the main roster than the than, than the men's division at this point. But Rhea Ripley, after what I saw last night. I don't want her to just be a personality and character on my TV. I want I want to see what she's able to do in the ring because she's so gifted in the ring. I don't want a, a I don't want a circumstance like what we're seeing with Keith Lee right now on the main roster. It, it better not happen. There's there's too much potential with Rhea Ripley. I mean Rhea and Sasha, Rhea Oof. and Bailey, obviously Rhea and Charlotte. We get it. Rhea and Oscar. Oh. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on SiriusXM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts.
Io Shirai and Candice LeRae in a tables, ladders, and scares match for the NXT Women's Championship. I was hoping for Cole Miner's glove. <laughs> I think every, I mean, come on. The buildup was so unreal for that, but they chose to go a different path. I wish they would have thrown just a little bit of levity into one of the wheel spins and it would have landed on Cole Miner's glove and the, the whole show would have just stopped. And then they would have just been like, oh, no way. We, <laughs> not, this over. not this <laughs> I'm taking time. Them, not this time. Exactly. Um, tables, ladders, and scares. Uh, I thought EO and Candace did a good job. Good. And it's because I saw such a great women's match in the begin in the middle of the show that was all about the physicality in the ring. This was a good gimmick match. Um, I hope Candace's knee is okay. If you can't, if you're not confident that you can take a certain bump as safely as possible to protect yourself, don't take it at all. That's my best advice to performers. Because that's not the way you take the bump off the top of the ladder through anything, whether it's tables or other ladders, or if you were just going to splat on the floor. Candace's knee drove right into that steel ladder. I don't care how tough you are. It hurts. I don't care if you got some knee pads on. It hurts. The idea is to lay out and go through clean and flush. So I hope she's okay. It's not that the bump looked bad. It just looked ugly as in, I hope she didn't get hurt. Yeah. And so, obviously, safety is a concern, Bully, especially in matches like that. Yeah, who do you think the uh, who do you think the person dressed up in the scream outfit was who came in during the the, the Gargano match and then came in to thwart um to uh, who came in later on and Shotzi Blackheart thwarted it? Yeah, I I, I would love it if it was David Arquette, <laughs> just David Arquette on the scream. That's phenomenal. It would be would be phenomenal. Fantastic. And they have to do it like a Scooby Doo reveal. It would be it would be awesome. I don't I don't know. Some people were speculating Austin Theory after, you know, he quit uh last week. I think probably more likely it's it's one or the other, and I'm talking about it's Johnny Gargano trying to interfere for Candace LeRae and vice versa. That's probably the more likely because it kind of fits in what they've been doing over the last few months. Uh, that's who I originally thought it was, but I love your idea of David Arquette so oh. much more. Scooby-Doo, they finally find him, and who is it? Who is it? And there's a reveal. It's David Arquette, Mr. Smithers. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.